This is the Washington State Indivisible Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Cox. Hey, gang, before we get started on this week's podcast, I just wanted to let you know that we recorded this last week before Justice Alito's leaked draft opinion on abortion fairly shifted the political world on its axis, I think it's fair to say. I did want to let you know that we are preparing a full show on that for next week. But for now, on with today's program. It is time now for us to check in with our resident elections guru, Kevin Jones. He is the leader of Indivisible Vashon, and he stops by every month to give us an update on where things stand in key battleground areas across the country and also to let us know about some of the most recent volunteer opportunities. Hello, Kevin. How are you, man? I'm doing great, Stefan. Things are shaping up in the elections department, so I'm ready to dive right in. Well, yeah, let's talk about that, because I know that you and I in past segments have talked about, you know, it's not go time yet. We will let you know when the volunteer opportunities start to roll in. So I'll just ask you right now, is it go time? Are we ready to go? We're talking it's time to go. Um, <clears throat> we have multiple opportunities. There's there's a richness of opportunities for volunteers to to dive right in and make a difference in the 2022 election. Great. Well, you know, we've got a ton of those. We talked last week uh, with uh, a couple people from Indivisible, uh, Indivisible Port Townsend and also Seattle Indivisible, what some of those opportunities. And we'll get into more of those in a second. But I do want to start with a national picture because you excel here, of course. And we'll start with redistricting. I know that this is still kind of shaking out in, in states across the country. Uh, and since we have a number of volunteer opportunities in both Pennsylvania and Arizona, we talked about those a little bit last week. I'd love to start with those. What is the latest in Pennsylvania? Uh, Pennsylvania is shaping up to be a pretty uh, important state with three close House races and three close statewide races. Statewide, I'm talking about Senate, Governor, and Secretary of State. And those last two, of course, are so critical to making sure that our elections are fairly held and votes get counted and the person with the most votes actually gets the seat. (laughs) <laughs> Isn't that, what a novel idea. Yeah, it was almost like our country was founded on that principle. Um, and then uh, Arizona as well, because we're focusing on that. Anything new to share there? Um, pretty much th- Arizona is pretty stable. Again, three close uh, House races and uh, three close uh, statewide races also in Arizona. So uh, time well spent in both of those states. Yeah, I was just going to say, if, if you are choosing to work out of state right now, uh, Arizona and Pennsylvania, very, very critical there. I want to talk very briefly about New York because a court just struck down a Democratic-drawn map. What can you tell us about what happened there? Well, we know that in the lead up to the Democrats in New York releasing their map, there was a lot of discussion about how aggressive they should be, given that they controlled the legislature and they could therefore put their maps together that would favor their candidates. And I think a lot of people were pushing them to be pretty aggressive. And they did. And that's probably a good thing. But they pushed a little bit too hard. So right now, the courts came back and said, no, um, that's not uh, that's not in our game plan. So now there's a special master who is going to be in charge of the new maps. And uh, Stefan, my expectation is what that means is we're likely to have uh, more fair and equitable equitable maps to both parties, as opposed to the Democrats having a slight advantage. Where does this leave the Democrats standing? Because ultimately, you know, at the very onset of all of this, uh, you know, the census, the redistricting, we kind of had a bad feeling that uh, things were going to very much roll against us. So where do things stand right now? Yeah. Yeah. The really good news thing is that things are not rolling against us in terms of progressives. The Democrats gained 
uh, advantage in one more state than the Republicans have gained advantage through redistricting so far. Now, we should recognize that states have still a lot of litigation going on. New York, don't know how it might turn out. Um, the Dems might actually get a boost, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But right now in that horse race, uh, Democrats are up by one. All right. Yeah. And those states, I believe, are Illinois, Nevada, New Jersey, New Mexico and Oregon. I wonder, just because you watch this stuff so closely, has your thinking evolved as you see these things play out in in terms of where people should be spending their volunteer time? Um, A a little bit. But the the main thing is we still want to make sure to retain and expand that Democratic trifecta that we have at the federal level. And the uh, the the thing that we know as we watch the redistricting is that those congressional maps will affect the U.S. House. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about state legislative district maps here. We're talking about Congress at this point. Uh, those redistricting maps for Congress don't have any effect on governors, secretaries of states, attorney generals. So those state offices, which are so critical to making sure elections are free and fair, um, you know, we have an even playing field there. Uh, the other thing, though, that we should, you know, make, be made aware of is that we talked about Arizona and Pennsylvania, three close House seats, three close statewide races. That's true of also of Wisconsin. Mm. So there's yet another state, and in Nevada, you actually up that by one. You get four close statewide offices and three close U.S. House races. And the reason that's so critical is that as we reach out to connect with a voter. Our goal is to encourage them to participate. They're going to get a ballot. And in Nevada, for example, three out of the four congressional districts are close races. 75% of the voters in Nevada are going to open a ballot that has a close U.S. House race. And every voter in Nevada is going to open up a ballot that has four close statewide races, governor, secretary of state, attorney general. Uh, And so we know that we have a huge ability to, to influence voters in Nevada because of just the numbers. Yeah, point well taken. And I know that you've been keeping a real close eye on Nevada. And of course, as you, you know, talk about the way that redistricting is impacting elections, we also know that it doesn't have an impact on Senate races because those are statewide, although there are voter subversion laws that we're going to have to deal with there as well. Um, I want to shift over here and talk about uh, Washington and our races. And I, what I'd love to do is talk about it through the lens of which indivisible groups are now supporting which candidates, because I think that's going to... Uh, allow people to have kind of a more informed choice in terms of where they would like to work, considering which indivisible group is closest to them or which one that they belong to. So let's start with uh, indivisible Washington's 8th, my home district, my home indivisible group. Of course, the race there is Dr. Kim Schreier. We're trying to help her retain her seat. Uh, The Schreier campaign just had its kickoff on Monday, so things are definitely happening now. What else can you tell us? How can folks get involved here? Um, there's a lot of things to people can do to support Dr. Shire's reelection. Uh, they also had their door-to-door first canvassing last week, and uh, they're expecting to roll out more of those as time goes forward. But the place to go find opportunities for uh, Kim Schreier, her website, Dr. Kim Schreier, it's D-R-K-I-M-S-C-H-R-I-E-R.com, volunteer, or just Google reelect Kim Schreier. And uh, you're going to find lots and lots of phone banking opportunities uh, for Dr. Schreier right now. 
Very good. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm sure that there are a lot of people who are going to uh, be plugging into that campaign. We know that there is a mobilization that is going to be happening, for example, from Seattle Indivisible to come out here in Canvas. And so it's really all hands on deck. And this is really the one seat that we for sure want to make sure that we protect this year. Um, I know you also have a comprehensive list of groups that are getting involved with legislative and county races here in the state. What if you could just quickly tick that list off for us for folks just so they can know who's uh, supporting whom where? You know, it's an awesome list and the list is growing. Uh, we have an elections work group every month and people are just jumping in and saying, here's the groups, the people that we're supporting for re-election. So Olympia Indivisible, for example, Jessica Bateman, Beth Dolio, who's a familiar name to many of us, has her hat in the ring again in the 22nd legislative district and uh, Ty Menser for Thurston County Commissioner. Um, the other area is Legislative District 26. And we know that Senator Randall, elected with 104 votes yeah. four years ago, is going to face a really close race. And the two seats that are also legislative seats in the House, Addison Richards and Matthew Macklin, two Democrats running for those long-standing Republican seats. We can thank Bainbridge, Bremerton, and Gig Harbor for mobilizing their members and inviting everybody to come and help out. Cheers, gang. Uh, we really, really appreciate that. I know that there are a few other races. A Kitsap County Auditor, I think, uh, Indivisible Bremerton is, is handling that. Is that right? Absolutely. Uh, so that's Paul Andrews. And when we think about open and free and fair elections, that's what auditors do. So yes. again, super important. <laughs> yeah, super Never been important. more important. Exactly right. Yeah. And then um, uh, LD28, uh, a couple people who are pretty familiar to uh, viewers and listeners on this show, Mario Levitt and Dan Bernoski, uh, Indivisible Tacoma, I believe, is is working to uh, to reelect them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, of course, uh, uh, Tawana Nobles of the senator will uh, have, she's only two years through her four year term, so she'll be in. And hopefully we can return her colleagues uh, as well. Indivisible Tacoma also is looking at uh, Pierce County Council District 7, Robin Denson. And so many things going on in Pierce County with uh, the port and environment and fossil fuel issues. Um, the, the county is, is really critical there. Can we uh, end by talking about our, our friend Sharon Shoemake? Uh, who I just adore. She is wonderful on, on so many levels. She is absolutely uh, brilliant. She brings so much to, she's brought so much to her role uh, as a 42nd uh, LD rep, and now she's running for Senate, right? Absolutely, she is. So there's an empty Senate seat there. Uh, a climate denier has now left us, and uh, Sharon is going to be running for the seat of former Senator Erickson. And uh, Bellingham is getting behind Sharon's campaign and um, probably more to come. We'll see what else happens in those other two seats in, in the 42nd. And I will just let listeners and viewers know to kind of watch this space. We are definitely going to be engaging with these candidates and uh, uplifting their campaigns here on the podcast and town hall series. So uh, I would love for you to, I know that there are a few other things that we didn't get to. Can you just uh, roll down uh, some of the other opportunities available through other indivisible groups across the state? I know there are about uh, five or six more. So these are groups that, are hosting events that people can join. So if you're an indivisible member or you're a friend of an indivisible member, uh, you're, you're welcome to join these uh, meetings. For example, Indivisible Eastside has a postcard and letter writing. Uh, we already talked about Port Townsend. Uh, to indivisible Tacoma has also a letter writing cafe. Uh, Olympia has 
the Action Cafe, which our friend uh, Lisa Ornstein is a master of entertainment as Yay, well Lisa. as action. So, mm-hmm. yep, yep, join with Lisa. And then uh, you already mentioned Seattle, which, as we heard last week, has multiple events people can join. So, yeah, lots of opportunities. Indeed. And I will try to put up as many links as I can to those individual listings. But I'll just say there are two places where people can find a lot of this info. And one is at your site, Indivisible Vashon, right? Indivisiblevashon.org. Go to the homepage at the top, click the Get Out the Vote link, and you can see all the states that we've discussed here and opportunities as we've been able to keep them updated for people to volunteer with phone banking and uh, with letter writing. Yes. Yeah, and I really appreciate that. It's very comprehensive, and, and you, you, you've just done extraordinary work on that. And actually, there's a ton of wonderful data on there, and I really encourage people to check that out. The other place you can go is the Take Action Network. Now, most people listening and watching are familiar with the Take Action Network because we have interviewed its creator, uh, Daniel Weiss. We've also talked about one of the people who helped to roll that out, Indivisible East Sides, Le- Louise. Uh, Pathé. But I think this is a good time for us to maybe just give a quick refresher. So I'll just tell people before we start this conversation, uh, Kevin, that you can go to the show notes and take a look at the interview that I did with Daniel and Louise and and get a refresher there. But uh, I'll just lean on you very quickly here, Kevin. For those who aren't familiar, remind us what uh, the the Take Action Network or TAN is. Uh, TAN is really a location to drop in to find actions that Friends from all across the state are identifying and posting on Take Action Network. Now, we're talking about elections here, but there's also lots of other opportunities for people to get involved through Take Action Network. The, uh, the great thing about the elections work is that uh, Daniel is now focusing specifically on some new capabilities for those of us who are working to find those election types of volunteer opportunities. Well, do tell. Well, the, um, now if you go on to Take Action Network, uh, people familiar with it will find in the very upper left-hand corner of the screen uh, a search window, and you can type in the name of our favorite candidates. Now, not all of them are there. We're working on getting some of those organizations on Take Action Network. But right now, Dr. Schreier's campaign, Mari Levitt's campaign, Beth Dolio's campaign, you can find those campaigns. They're not all active. Not everybody, not each campaign has got their volunteer opportunities all up and running. But go to Dr. Shire's campaign and you'll see all of those phone banks that we're talking about earlier. And it is my understanding that it's going the, the Take Action Network uh, in that capacity is going to be made much more robust a, as we go along. So thank you to Daniel for that. And uh, you can join Take Action Network. And by the way, this is distinct from the Action Network. This is Take Action Network. We will have a link. It is a short link. It's a bit.ly uh, join underscore capital, all caps, T-A-N. So I'll have that in the show notes for folks. Uh, Kevin, any final words before we uh, wrap up here today? Uh, I'm just uh, happy that people have an opportunity to not only provide lots of volunteer opportunities, indivisible groups are hosting events that people can join in, do some good work for candidates, can some, enjoy some camaraderie. The, uh, there's lots of things that people can do now, and, uh, and we're just going to have more richness as we go forward. So I'm glad people are tuning in and taking advantage of that.
Me too. And, you know, when I was talking with Harris uh, Schwartzreich last week of Seattle Indivisible, he mentioned a number of opportunities that were very social centric. And I'm liking this trend. I think it's good right now for us to all kind of band together and uh, do this in a, in a very fun and social way. And, and remember why we got into this work to begin with. I mean, certainly we absolutely 100 percent care uh, deeply about uh, the, the fate of this country. Uh, but we also, you know, we, we formed a community over these last five years. And it's good to rejoin that community. I think it's very, very energizing. So, Kevin, as always, thanks for all you do, man. I'm looking forward to it, Stefan. Looking forward to our next time to talk about uh, the new opportunities in the elections 2022. And that'll do it for this week. If you would like to see a video of this or any of our programming, head to facebook.com slash indivisiblepodcast. The website for the show is indivisiblepodcast.org and the email address is indivisiblepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at indivisiblepod. The executive producer of the show is Kat Pipkin. And thanks as always to Lori Caldwell. My thanks as well to you for listening. I'm Stephen Cox. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.